0: Five, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engines running commit lift off
1: Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-SWAT. That's 1-844-777-7928, or you can email us at taylor at swatradio.com. That's taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R at swatradio.com. Well, Doug, once again, is not in the studio
0: Instead, in his chair, we have David Gray. David, how are you doing today? I'm good, Taylor. How are you? Nice to be here. Yeah, doing well. Glad you're in. Yeah, I guess Doug's oops, still not feeling that great, but uh, feeling better. I talked to him this morning, and he was able to, I think, teach at SWAT at lunch today. But still feeling a little down, and hopefully he'll be uh, he'll be back tomorrow.
1: Yeah, I talked to him uh, right before. You know, probably like 15 minutes ago, and he sounded pretty weak. Yeah. Like,
0: oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he gave me a lot of lead time notice today, though. Usually it's about, uh, you know, an hour. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a joke. That's a joke. Yeah, but I well, was going to say, you getting getting three or four hours notice is a lot. Yeah, right. Well, I'm glad <laughs> you're that's in. That's a joke, Doug. That's a joke.
1: How's it, How long has it been? Like a month, right? You
0: yeah, right? a few <laughs> weeks ago. I uh, Not but, too long,
1: but glad you're in. Yeah, Always fun to have you in the studio. Uh, Thanks. You, you seen anything in the news uh,
0: today that's been well, interesting? Well, I've, I've been a little... Uh, set apart from the news the last couple of weeks. I, I was mentioning to Steve before you came in, Taylor, that uh, my daughter got married a week ago oh, Sunday. Congratulations. So, thank you. So I've been on I uh, a, a, a told some other guys at a, at a Bible study group I was at last night about that, and I said I gained a son-in-law, and they all clapped. I said, well, hold your applause, because uh, he's still on probation. <laughs> That's not true. That's not true. He's a great guy. Um, it went well. Uh, it went really well from my standpoint. It couldn't have couldn't have gone any better as the one who's kind of the responsible ultimately. I mean, uh, my wife and daughter obviously did a lot of the legwork and mm-hmm. the groom did a lot of work. But uh, from my standpoint of wanting to make sure everybody had a good time and, um, and of course, as Doug always says, that God was put on display. And um, I thought that everybody involved did a really good job from the venue to the to the pastor who handled the ceremony to to the people who spoke i thought it was it was really good awesome where was it at actually i'm glad you asked that because i wanted to give a shout out to this venue if anybody's uh looking for a great place to have a wedding it was in new smyrna beach okay um my wife and i have been down there several times to vacation and know the area a little bit but through a family friend um we got connected with this venue called the the delamater house it's hmm. d-e-l-a-m-a-t-e-r and it's a family owned property and in 2013 they built this venue out specifically for weddings and so they have kind of an outdoor garden looking uh, ceremony area and then a big for lack of a better way to put it barn type structure hmm. where the reception is the dining and the dance floor and all that and then an outdoor kind of gathering and, and area so um it's, it was nice to have it all right there. It got a little cool. It was, So it was a week ago Sunday, if you remember. Mm. The, remember the Saturday of the Players' Championship, how hard it had been raining during right. the players, and that front came through, and then it cleared out on Saturday. I was actually out there with some family on Saturday, and it was, you know, 50s, high 50s, and windy, right, blowing 30 miles an hour. So by Sunday, and especially we were an hour and a half south it had moderated a bit. The ceremony was gorgeous. Four o'clock in the afternoon, sun came out. It was probably 61, 62 degrees, not a lot of wind. But once that sun went down a little, (laughs) um, I got up to do my Father of the Bride speech, and I announced that uh, ice skating would be available on the pond, you know, out (laughs) back. But uh, it was fine. It wasn't too good. And I'd rather have it cool than 90 degrees. Yeah,
1: yeah. And, I mean, you're used – I mean – you didn't grow up down here so you should no, be
0: i was i was fine and i was in a suit and like i said i was more than happy to have and and there were a lot of people from out of town from my side of the family oh. and from california but they were lot, probably like let's go swimming a lot, exactly <laughs> you can always tell the the northerners when it's you know new year's day and people are at the beach you know, yep. going in the water but uh there are a lot of natives too so it was fine it was fine they the place had um some stand-up propane heaters and and nice. the wind, it actually got warmer as the night went on because the wind died down yeah, a little yeah. bit, and it was fine. And like I said, I've been to other weddings, you know, where it's outdoors and it's June and it, oh. it gets pretty warm, so. I
1: would rather uh, be a little bit cold than sweating through my suit. You yeah, absolutely. <laughs> would not
0: want that. Absolutely. So anyway, <laughs> very thankful for all that and thankful, like I said, that uh, there were plenty of unbelievers there. And, and, you know, Doug has been teaching in this section, right, in Chapter 14 of Acts about us being priests and and declaring his message as opposed mm-hmm. to ours, and and uh, I'm thankful for the for the opportunity to to have been able to do that that God gave me, and and um, you know you just don't know what's going to get through to people, right? But that's part of what we're learning too. It's we don't make believers; God does. We just try to be faithful to to make sure he is put on display. I love that phrase. I'm stealing that from Doug, obviously, <laughs> but uh, and that we're we're proclaiming truth, his message, right? Yeah. So. Well, that's awesome. That was your youngest, right? My youngest. Yeah. So they're
1: all married off now?
0: Uh, well, my oldest is married and has a couple of kids, our grandkids. And my, I have a, a middle son who's about to turn 30. Mm-hmm. He's, he's not married, but he's still, he's got time. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, is he feeling the pinch? Um, cause
1: I was feeling it about like 25. I was like, Oh man, my. <laughs> I think he does here and there, but
0: you know, I keep telling him it's, it's a different world. It, yeah, it's for his sure. life, and he—that's between him and God, and you know we're not gonna, not gonna pressure him one way or the other. Well, his mother might. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a different world. I think you know
1: guys are waiting longer and longer to get married. I don't think necessarily that's a good thing for some people. That's just how it is. For me, that's how it yeah. was. Um yep. But I think you know I always expected I'd be married young because my dad was married young, my grandfather right. was, married. you know what I mean. Right. And And right. then that didn't happen. But I think there's a lot of people who are putting off intentionally and uh, getting themselves into a lot of trouble by doing so. Right. And I think the the longer you delay yeah. taking on that responsibility, yeah. you know, the worse it is. But at the same time, we're in a culture now where it's hard to find a good yeah. Christian woman. Yeah.
0: And you know I know don't I mean? think – in his case, I don't I – got to be careful because he'll probably listen to this and give <laughs> me a hard time. In his case, I don't think it's an, an intentional decision. I think it's just the way – kind of life has worked out and there's been a couple of situations that he thought maybe it would go a little further and they didn't and things like that so i don't think it's anything intentional i think you know he wants that but just god has some other things for him right now and he's doing a lot of other good things so yeah and like i said it's it's difficult i got two
1: younger brothers who you know they're struggling to find a a good character Well, well i shouldn't one of my brothers is dating somebody, so mm-hmm. I don't want to in in pune. we're gonna get in trouble thing like that, but yeah, for me, I know it was difficult, and uh you know fortunately, God provided my wife and mm-hmm. um We've been married three years today, actually. So wow. Oh, it's today. Yeah. yeah. Happy anniversary. Yeah, thank you. Yes. You doing anything special? No, uh, we're just going out
0: to eat. Oh, that's uh, good. After yeah. this. Yeah. yeah. Well, three years. It's that, that Going out to dinner is the right thing. Five. You start getting on <laughs> five, ten. Then then you got to ratchet it up a little bit. But
1: Well, you know, she's pregnant right now, so uh, she's like, let's do something nice after the baby's sure. been born. And, sure. You know, so. Sure. Everything going well with that? Yeah. Yeah. Good. yeah. Having a son, so. Yeah, that's oh, that's About great. That.
0: Yeah. I think I did know that i think you told me that but how, how long ago did you find that out oh, that's a
1: good question i can't remember now okay. <laughs> no okay. for a little bit <laughs> yeah okay well that's great that's yeah
0: great. so but yeah. so my son-in-law is a, a, a great guy believer and um very happy for both of them and like i said everything everything was great so just starting to see all the pictures and the videos and Boy, it's a different world in that realm too. From when I got married, mm. some of the things they the photographer does. Did you guys have a videographer? Video yeah, librarian? actually, my son. But we were just talking about his good friend from college has a, a business, and mm. he brought a couple of assistants, and mm. they did a great job. They had a drone at one point, and oh, they wow. and they they had of course they had us getting into all these poses and situations, and the big thing now with the bride is the first look. Um, so Mm -hmm. it's the first look for the groom to Mm -hmm. see her the first look for the family to see her her brothers saw her before I did I had to come in with my hand over my eyes and kind of hide duck down between my two sons who had already seen her (laughs) and then they kind of split apart and Mm -hmm. there's a big video of that and so all of that was a little uh was a little different but (laughs) but the videos and the pictures came out nice and, and and of course she looked beautiful so
1: that's awesome. Well
0: uh, sounds anyway, like a, a great time. Gotta uh, go back to work tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, had yeah. two weeks off, but back to work tomorrow, so I'll uh I'll be back, back to the back to reality. So Hey anyway, well. Yeah. That's that's awesome.
1: Well we are coming up against the break here in about two minutes, so uh real quick, you been following any of this uh confirmation hearing?
0: Yeah. I mean I, I, I have not on a day to day basis over the last week or so but read up on it a little bit today and you know, there's so many things about it that jump out at me mm-hmm. and that, frankly, <clears throat> aggravate me. Um This may not be the one that's most in the news today, but just, I think, the the double standard of the questioning um, and the coverage between the nominees that we saw over the past couple of years, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Kavanaugh and Barrett versus this nominee, Um the coverage of it, the questions of it, uh, the questions of the nominee and the the outrage in the media and on the left, if the right asks certain questions, when, <clears throat> I mean, I go back to the fact that they accused Brett Kavanaugh basically of being a serial rapist. I mean, you can go back farther
1: than that. Of and course. Clarence Thomas. Of course. And Judge uh,
0: Bjork. Yeah. Uh,
1: Thomas, Thomas, you know, he called it a high-tech lynching, and there was no cries of racism or anything about that. But, you know, now there are, and, you know, all that's uh, – it's, it's – it's to be expected really in, in the culture that we're in. But I found it surprising uh, that there was a number of things that she could not answer. What's well, a woman? When does life begin? um, said that she was unfamiliar with CRT and then blatantly, pretty much blatantly lying about her, uh, uh, connection with that. Uh, pretty telling. And then obviously the biggest thing is with the, uh, uh, the child, uh, Molester cases Mm -hmm. that she was working on. So uh, we'll come back with that here just in, uh, excuse me, in just a second. Got a little tongue tied there. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be
2: back with more after the break. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week.
1: by david crowder welcome back to swat radio swat stands for spiritual warriors advancing truth uh, just got a text from james Grimm out west he does you know our media stuff and uh, he said happy anniversary to me i did not realize him and his wife's anniversary is
0: today as well so awesome
1: uh, happy anniversary to james james and does his an wife.
0: unbelievable job he really does I yeah mean, it, it just everything is looks so good online and, mm-hmm. and and is always up so quickly and he does a great job
1: yeah, he does, and we were really appreciate, appreciative to him, of him, both, right? Um, but just before the break, we were talking a little bit about this confirmation hearing for Supreme uh, Court Justice
0: Brown. I don't know really how to say her name. I think and, it's Katanji. Is it Katanji or Katanji? Oh, I could be wrong. It Yeah, Katanji or Katanji. I'm not sure yeah, how it's pronounced, but, yep. It's a little bit like Kamala, Camilla, yeah, you Yeah, know? I guess so. I, I yeah. don't really know, so I don't, I'll just say her
1: last name. Um, but, you know, there was some issues that came up in the course of the questioning you know you talked a little bit about the vitriol but i think like i said that's yeah that's kind of par for the course mm-hmm. now uh mm-hmm. just with how divided we are as a nation but um there was some like at least four different clips that i saw i didn't follow it like i didn't watch every minute of it but i did watch enough and uh, one of them that i found you know pretty interesting i think it was probably the one that's her biggest area of question mark is that Apparently, she gave light light sentencing to a number of uh, child molester offenders, basically people who are looking at child, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, molestation online type thing. Um, And her questioning in that, or her answers to those questions, uh, (laughs) left a lot to be desired. So what was happening is, you know, there was, I'll give one case in particular that's been talked about is, uh, there's a kid, 18 years old. Watching videos, he shouldn't have been videos of kids as young as eight, mm. you know. So it's not like you know, you say, Oh, well, his girlfriend was 17 and sent him something. No, it's right, like this is some bad stuff. She, the federal guidelines were eight years for that. Um, prosecution said recommended two, she went with three months,
0: mm. you know.
1: So there was a big question of, Hey, why did you do this? There was all, uh, apparently seven different uh instances of her doing that, so somewhat of a pattern. And, in the questioning, she said, well, you know, those are old uh, guidelines. That was really meant for people who were getting, you know, like 20 to 100 things to them by mail. Mm-hmm. And now that, you know, online in 15 minutes you can get a 1,000 of these images, we thought, oh, well, you know, it doesn't really connect to mm-hmm. the severity of how involved this person is. And I I don't think it's ever a good place to be where you're advocating for people who have broken the law in that mm-hmm. way. Um, but uh, to say that someone who gets 20 images should get more jail time than someone who gets thousands of images is a little bit crazy to me. Um, but it also is an underlying, you know, it, it kind of goes to her underlying philosophy, which is connected to CRT. And she said in her, in her answer was, well, there was a dispara- a, a disparity in the sentencing. So we wanted to even that disparity. So it wasn't about, hey, this is what the law says, this is what justice needs to be served as, okay, let's make this more even and equitable, quote-unquote. And, you know, I think she's definitely, I I would imagine she's going to get confirmed because there doesn't seem to be enough Republican opposition to it. Um, But that type of thinking on the highest court of the land uh, is concerning, but I I, I would venture to say it's not
0: new. It's just new to be seeing it applied to Something so egregious. Right, right. Well, it seems to fit the pattern that we've seen, in uh, the larger pattern that we've seen over the last several years of the the concern far more for the criminal mm-hmm. than for the victim. Yeah, and that was really what was lacking there. I mean,
1: every single one of those pictures, that represented a child mm-hmm. who had their life ruined. Yeah. You know, yeah. and was it ruined for 15 minutes while the guy? No, it was for the, their life. Like, right. that's... Right. Huge ramifications. And to say, well, you know, because it was so easy, we're not going to uh, prosecute this as hard is a little bit ridiculous. Right. I mean, the more the easier it is, you would say the tougher the sentence probably should be as a deterrent. Now, that difficulty of access isn't a deterrent. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but, you know, our our culture is
0: uh, apostate. And right. You know, so it's not surprising that we would go against. God, right. God and his and, judgment and we're seeing it like I said think about all the all the cases we've seen over the last couple of years as a result of the riots mm. and and of businesses being broken into and 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 we're seeing cases come up where you know we find out that somebody was attacked on the street and beaten or pushed in front of a train and we find out that the person has a long rap sheet oh yeah and and they and and they should be in jail mm-hmm. and they're out and and the concern and in, in so many and the reporting on so many of these cases is so much more sympathetic to the criminal, unless than it is to the victim.
1: Unless they were arrested for their what they did on January. 6th. Yeah, well, that's a.
0: <laughs> yeah, I heard a very disturbing man killed story himself about recently
1: um, oh, because he was you know in indefinite detention. Um, yeah, for I think criminal trespassing is the only thing like mm-hmm. you know he didn't and uh, just couldn't take it and yep. killed himself i mean there's some uh, her- uh horrific excuse me uh things that are apparently going on in this jail i don't know if it's true or not but just some of the reporting um and yet we're letting people who were committing arson throughout 2020 go off right pretty much scot-free right. and I, and I think it it highlights a double standard in the
0: thinking yeah. um and speaking of that, I and I think, I don't remember, I know I heard this from Doug. I don't know if he told me this personally or if I heard it on the SWAT podcast I was listening to um, from la- the last time he, he taught before spring break. But a story, and he was teaching this or using this as an illustration of the Bible's teaching of, you know, families turning on each other and mm-hmm. and, and and sons turning on fathers and fathers turning on sons. And it's a story about, a guy, a man who was the father in this case, mm-hmm. um, who truly believed that there were shenanigans with the election, has a, his son, who's 20, um, is, is a progressive uh, leftist. And, and the father went to the rally as a protest, and just, but d- didn't enter the Capitol, didn't, didn't commit any kind of a crime and apparently the son called the FBI on the father. Mm-hmm. And they convinced the son to wear a wire. And so when his father got home from the rally after committing no crime and exercising his constitutional rights of peaceful protest, the the, the son got the father riled up in conversation and got him to say certain things. Again, didn't act on anything. He might have said things. About what he thought about everything, but that's not a, since when is that is a crime? A crime, anyway. He, long story short, he's been arrested. Yeah, he was arrested based on all that, and he's either awaiting trial and may face the rest of his life in prison. Yeah, and that's not the only story that I've heard of of uh, children calling in on
1: their parents, and you know, the first thing my thought is on that: get your kids out of Satan's Youth Ministry, man, to get them out of public school whatever you can States to you know what i mean to to homeschool because they're catechizing your children into a, a a belief system that's anti-biblical and um you know completely i mean there's some if you go there's tiktok or a twitter uh thread libs of tiktok and so many of those are teachers and things that are going on in school in schools that are you know woke or mm-hmm. you know advocate for racial you know um the CRT type stuff or for the lgbt uh, Q, whatever the rest of the acronym is. And it's just not a place, I would say, to have your children. Uh, you know, I know that's not where everybody's at. But to me, man, I think that, you know, churches need to be offering some something for the people who can't homeschool their kids um, mm. or, or can't afford private school because we, we're losing kids left and right to this ideology. And it's mainly through the school system that they're getting them. Because yeah. if you look at who's having kids, it's not the rich, woke, liberal, elite right it is you know the salt of the earth people who most of them go to church right and so right. basically you, you are you're a, a surrogate for the the left at, yep. at, at that point if yep. you know i don't know i'm pretty passionate about that um Absolutely. so i know not everybody's feels that strongly about it but i would encourage you if you haven't really thought about it to look into
0: it because mm. you're, you're gonna see more and more things yeah like the those uh Children turning on their parents. As we talk about these issues, I'm reminded of one of the points Doug's made in this in teaching on this chapter fourteen of Acts and, and, and all the points that he's making about how we can finish strong, how we can finish faithfully our our journeys, whether like, like Paul and Barnabas kind of finished their missionary journey that's described in chapter fourteen. And and one of the points is to to preach God's message, meaning what message? Well, the the message of the gospel and the message of biblical truth. And the point he's made is that finite cannot dictate to the infinite, right? Mm-hmm. We are finite beings. We are flawed, sinful, finite beings. And here are people who are anti-God, who are not regenerated, but dic- trying to dictate To others and to god himself how to achieve the infinite or or achieve truth and how can that happen how can finite minds and human beings dictate to god and the answer is of course that they can't and doug's point has been that this is why cultures and civilizations fail and why we're falling and failing um is that we're 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 basing this we're basing our culture and our, our norms and our laws and what happens and our behaviors on these falsehoods to put it mildly right um you know I got to get a Seinfeld reference in somewhere <laughs> and, it, and I don't mean to make light of this what we're talking about but <clears throat> I was thinking about this driving in one of my favorite episodes is when George decides he's going to do the opposite of every inclination that he has because nothing ever works out for him. And Jerry utters one of the great lines of the series, which is if every inclination you have is wrong, then the opposite would have to be right. And of course he's egging George on because he wants to see him really try this opposite thing. But but I get you know, Doug's driving off the road somewhere right now, going, Where is he going with this <laughs> theological point? But the idea that what what men do from the inclination of their unregenerate hearts is always wrong, is always evil, and of course, the opposite of that is what God says, and, and that's what we need. We need to do the opposite of what our unregenerate hearts now, as believers, we have regenerated hearts, and and our and our hearts are no longer hearts of stone. They're hearts of flesh that God is changing and molding, and we have the ability to to do what He wants to to serve Him as priests. Right as this chapter talks about to to deliver his message of truth but the but the stuff coming from unregenerate hearts is always going to be evil and wrong. And we need to, to recognize that as believers. And, un, and and again, we'll get into this, but that's why, of course, understanding and knowing Scripture is so crucial.
1: Amen. All right, stick with us. We will be back with more after the news. We'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug, D O U G at SWATradio.com radio.com uh we would also like to let you know that you can download our swat app in the app store and you can follow us on facebook and twitter at swat radio talk is the handle that is at swat radio talk you're listening to swat radio stay tuned we'll be back with more after the news Welcome back to SWAT Radio. That was Zach Williams with Chain Breaker. Um, we are looking at Acts chapter 14, verses 21 through 28 this week, um, finishing out the chapter. And yesterday and the day before, me and Brad looked at the chapter. Today, me and uh, David will be looking at the chapter. And then Friday, I'm pretty sure Doug will be back and ready to go then, and we, me and him will look at the chapter. So I'm uh, pretty cool in uh in my shoes this week to hear three different perspectives uh, on it, and,
0: and yeah, and so. apologies in advance if uh, I kind of cover some stuff that you and Brad already talked about, but th- I think there's a lot of great stuff in this chapter, and um, just just maybe finish out a little bit of what we were talking about. Also, that that idea of I'm really thinking a lot about that idea that that finite minds can't dictate to God who is infinite and who is um, omniscient and all-knowing and infallible and um you know doug made the point about that that there are three things that are insufficient um ways to find truth the three insufficient sources of truth and 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 the first one is me right now i know the truth because god's regenerated me and 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 um given me the ability, removed the scales from my eyes and unblocked my ears and I could never do that on my own so anybody who just in and of themselves apart from God is trying to find truth, they'll never be the source of truth so that means Doug, as Doug put it, I'm an insufficient source of truth, you're an insufficient source of truth On, on anybody is on their own apart from God and of course idols because of what you know Part of chapter 14 goes over when they thought paul and barnabas were, were hermes and zeus right mm-hmm. um idols will never be able to reveal truth only the living god can can is truth and can reveal truth and and everything we're seeing is such a reflection of of that statement or that that teaching doug's giving that that people cannot be and idolatry cannot be the source of truth and just to finish up on the the supreme court nomination she was also asked can she define the term woman or can she define who or what a woman is and she said she couldn't she wasn't a biologist and she couldn't identify you know answer that question she couldn't even say well i'm a woman <laughs> yeah right and we know you and i were talking before the program that part a, a huge part of the reason that joe biden nominated her is that she is a woman Mm-hmm. But she wouldn't answer the question, and it's not that she can't; it's that she wouldn't. And I was telling you about this quote that I saw. Um, I think it's actually Pierce Morgan who made the made the quote. I it wasn't he on one of the talent shows for a while. I don't know, but yeah, I know he's a he's a commentator as well. Well, yeah, I think
1: the most famous thing I know about him is Ben Shapiro wrecked him like ten years ago um, about gun control. Stuff. Okay, but he is he's he's become, kind of in a weird yeah. Place. So he's more, I would say, a man of the left, but he, he's not uh, gone all in for the woke. Right. Place.
0: Well, he this was his quote, and I actually thought it was good. Responding to nominee Brown Jackson about not being able to answer the question of, "Can you define woman?" and he said, "It's a it's a terror of stating basic, unarguable facts or inarguable facts, lest it offend the woke brigade." And, and as you and I know, Supreme Court justices, nominees, justices are not supposed to be political, right? They're supposed to interpret the law and rule on, on cases and in interpreting the law. And yet, this is about as political a statement as you can make to say, I can't – and even by her answer, which was I can't define it because I'm not a biologist, gives an answer to the question, doesn't it? Because she, by answering that way, she's admitting – that biology <laughs> oh. plays a huge part in defining
1: Yeah, unintentionally for sure. Exactly. Mm.
0: So I, I just think that, you know, as believers and as we study, especially, you know, th- it's so many relevant things in this chapter toward all this that we need to remember that that what we're seeing is is falsehood and and, and how can we know falsehood, right? Um by knowing the truth and knowing Scripture, one of the great examples of that I've, I've heard over the years, and Doug's probably used this, is when they when they teach counterfeiters mm-hmm. to identify counterfeit money. The training involves mainly studying the real thing, mm-hmm. so they can identify the the false item. They can identify the counterfeit, and I think that's a great example for us as believers that we, we have to study the word and know the word so we can identify falsehood so we can identify false teaching. And so much of what Jesus taught about and what Paul's teaching about is about being on guard against false teaching. So,
1: yeah. And you know, it's, you talk about uh, insufficient forms of truth. And if you depart from the Bible and the biblical worldview and God's word, um, you're going to run into situations that uh, are like, you know, what's her name? Not being able to say what a woman is, and you know, that's pretty much anybody uh, from that political uh, side of the spectrum who've left uh, any standard uh, that's connected to the biblical standard. Um, and the way they got there was little, little shifts, little shifts, and um, most of them, you know, common grace says that you know you can find truth in nature, you can find truth. Um, in a number of ways you have a conscience and stuff. But if you are not connected to the ultimate source of the truth, those things can be twisted and get you to think genuine, genuinely, Oh, well this is what is true. Yeah. And now in this instance, I wouldn't say that's the case, but there's the fear of the, what is the ultimate truth in those people's lives, which is uh, the state or um, their tribe and, and running afoul of that. And so, Hey, I'll say what I got to say to stay in with the in crowd right. instead of right. you hey, know this is what the truth is and I know that because you know there's an ultimate source of truth right. that has decided to make himself known to us. Yep.
0: Yep. Well put. Well, in chapter 14 just by way of uh, a little bit of recap, um chapter 14 really talks about and and, and recounts Paul and Barnabas's uh, missionary journey after they were sent out by the church at Pisidian Antioch. I think I have that right. Mm. Um, and they go to Iconium and Lystra and Derby and 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 then specifically this uh, chapter verses twenty one to twenty eight is is kind of focused on the end of that journey and and and, and finishing that uh, journey faithfully and and Doug's made a bunch of points as he's taught through chapter fourteen key points that we can take uh, to apply to ourselves about how to how to finish faithfully in our journey, um, whether it's our ultimate journey right at the end of our life or, or just on a particular season that we're in or whatever it is. But as somebody about to turn 60, hmm. I'm starting to, you know, that, that hits you more about, yeah, I, I want to finish however hmm. much time I have left well and faithfully. But um, just to recount some of those uh, key points, and then we'll get into the final three points that are, are found in, in verses 21 to 28. But first of all, to walk with perseverance, right? We can finish faithfully by walking with perseverance. Um, and again, just using the examples of, of Paul and Barnabas, you know, wherever they went, they they, they entered the synagogue. And um, at the beginning of, of chapter 14, when they get to um, Iconium, they, they enter the synagogue. It says they remained there for a long time teaching. Um, they continued to preach the gospel despite opposition right so they if anybody was the definition of perseverance it was Paul and we're Mm -hmm. going to see more of that as we get through the chapter but but walking with perseverance despite opposition despite struggle um, is an important point for all of us Um, number two speaking with God's passion right being energized by the Spirit speaking boldly and plainly you know Doug made the point that that if we could hear Paul and Barnabas speak today we might not think they were very good speakers by today's standards. <laughs> we might not think they were witty or funny or used used my Seinfeld reference. <laughs> or um, winsome, yeah. you know, the big buzzword. Exactly. Right? Um, but they spoke boldly and clearly. They didn't compromise the message, right? They spoke God's message as he gave it to them, and they spoke with his passion. And I think that's an important point for us as we go about our lives people notice that if we're passionate you know they're going to notice that that and 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 it'll make a difference and then number three to serve as god's priests right uh the reminder there's several references to this but first peter 2 5 is is a good one where, where peter writes you yourselves like living stones are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to god through jesus Right. We are his priests because Jesus has made us right with God. And so we're able to offer sacrifices to God that are pleasing to him through Jesus because uh, God views us in the same way that he views Jesus as, you know, holy, righteous and not guilty, even though in experience we we still are. Hopefully we're becoming more like Christ in experience, but we are like him positionally, and therefore we can act as, as his priests uh, in the world and, and take the message to uh, those that don't know him. Um, and Paul and Barnabas certainly were, were great examples of that. They walked by God's Spirit. That's the fourth point. They listened to God, they listened to the Spirit, and they obeyed. Right? There were situations where the Spirit led them or, or, or made them aware of plots against them. And they were able to leave the city. They listened. They didn't say, "Well, maybe, maybe that's our imagination or our own fear." I do that sometimes. Mm-hmm. I definitely do that. I, I, I have that strong sense that the spirit is is telling me something. And you know, I read a p- passage of scripture and I say, "Oh," and then and I say, "Ah, that's probably my imagination." And and a lot of times I, I I'm guilty of not listening. Um, but they were walking according to the spirit. Um, the fifth point. Seeing with God's eyes is another way that we can finish our journey faithfully. And in, in verse nine of chapter fourteen, um, or verse eight says, Now at Lystra or Lystra there was a man sitting who could not use his feet, he was crippled from birth and had never walked. He listened to Paul speaking, and Paul, looking intently at him and seeing that he had faith to be made well, said in a loud voice, Stand upright on your feet, and he sprang up and began walking began walking and of course that's what sets off the frenzy about thinking that they're that they're gods but um paul in verse 9 it says he sees faith in the eyes of the pagan man and we'll pick up on that after the break but are we looking for faith in others are we looking for interest all right, so stick with us. Before we go, we would like
1: to give a shout-out to our listeners listening in Virginia at the Lighthouse, as well as in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER, and all of our local listeners, 91.7 in Jacksonville, 91.9 in St. Augustine, and 91.3 in Folkestone, Georgia. And finally, I'd like to give a shout-out to whoever is listening online, wherever you are in the country or around the world. You are listening to SWAT Radio.
2: Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the break. at www.astore.com. They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some.
1: And right now, right now I'm losing bad. Stood on this stage night after night that is Even If by Mercy Me. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 14, verses 21 through 28 this week. Doug is again out of the studio, and we have David Gray in his seat today. So happy to have him in. If you would like to join the discussion or if you have any questions, please call us at 1 844 SWAT. That's 1 844 777 7928. Or you can email us at taylor at com. That's Taylor, T A Y. L-O-R
0: at SWATRadio.com. So just to finish that that, that little summary uh, about ways that we can finish faithfully using the example of of Paul and Barnabas, we we talked about walk with per- perseverance, uh, speak with God's passion, serve as God's priests, walk by God's Spirit, see with God's eyes. And that's the one I left off with. You know, Paul Paul saw faith in the man's eyes. It must have been, well, of course, Paul's Being prompted by the Spirit, but also he's looking. He's looking for people that are interested, right? And I mean, how many times have I gone through like kind of sleepwalking um, and not being aware of of or looking for people that are anxious to hear? You know, I've definitely been guilty of that, and so I I can can definitely learn from that. Um, Then, then finally, living for God's glory uh, by way of wrap up. And and we talked about this in verses eleven and twelve after they healed the the cripple that we just talked about, the, the people there wanted to basically, they, they thought that they were, they thought Paul was uh, Hermes and that, that Barnabas was Zeus and they were reacting to, a, a I think, a Roman writer named Ovid who wrote a myth or part of mythology about Hermes and Zeus coming as pagans to that area and the people rejected them and they they basically destroyed everyone except one couple that took them in and made them an intertwined tree forever i can't remember the whole story but the people didn't want to make the same mistake twice and so they start thinking oh they're coming to visit us again and of course paul and barnabas immediately reacted to that by by saying no we're just men like you you know we give give praise to god it reminds me of you know the the disciples healing as well, and the and the, the those that were healed sometimes wanting to worship them, and them the, immediately redirecting that worship to God, and and so that's a great lesson for us. And and I think we all have gone through this before, right? We we do something in service, we do something for the kingdom, we do something that God has given us the privilege of doing, and worked out from before the beginning of time. And there's that I know in me sometimes that. That creeping feeling of wanting credit, that creeping feeling of wanting to make sure some people know, right? If I'm honest about it, now God's helped me with that, and I'm and 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 I don't I don't know that it's wrong to necessarily have the feeling. It's wrong to act on it, certainly, uh, and, and to but I wouldn't recognize that that pride if God didn't give me the ability to even recognize it, right? Um, and so I think we're all prone to that at different times, but that's why the Bible teaches us, you know, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Um, the idea is that, that God gets the glory, but but we get to be partakers in that and a part of that. Um, and I know that's a hard thing to do sometimes. It's a hard, And it's always a hard thing to distinguish between you might want to say something about a certain situation or instance to encourage someone else, and, and by telling that you're involving what you did or yourself, I always struggle with that versus am I saying this just to get credit? Um, mm. But in my natural self, I like credit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. You know, I like recognition. But we're reminded of James 4, 6 that says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. And um, Doug made another great point that, that God's priests always seek God's glory. False prophets, false teachers seek their own glory, and boy, do we see that right in in a lot of the the false preachers and prophets that we see today, and, and and on whether it's on TV or online or whatever it is, we see a lot of people looking for their own glory. Oh yeah, that's for sure. Or
1: you know, looking to be, uh, you know, have a good standing in the world's eyes rather than God's eyes. And uh, you know, if I'm being honest, I think a large percentage of you know, nationally known, uh Christian yep. leaders, quote unquote, are falling to that camp. You yep. know, I don't think they really have, uh, you know, much of a care for what God's word says As I'll say this in areas to which the culture is pushing against God's mm-hmm. word. Right. I don't mm-hmm. think they want to touch that at all because yep. they want to, you know, be
0: in their book clubs and have their, their nice high standing in society. Doug was mentioning um, in in the podcast from the last le- lesson on this on this uh, chapter um, that a well known evangelical uh, preacher and speaker made the statement recently: "Church unity is more important than doctrine." And you know, think about that for a minute. Um, I, I don't think that that's true. I don't think that's what the Bible teaches. If, if you know, we're, we're told to. If, if, if unity means believing falsehood, <laughs> then again, how do we know, you know, it's certainly more important to, to push back with the truth than be unified over something false for the sake of being unified. I, I can't be right.
1: And, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that gets you to, well, you know, we're unified in our opposition to God and, you right, know, right. Yeah. So right. that's a good thing. We're, right? no. we're unified in our unbelief and our misbelief. Right. Yeah, or, you know, some outright heresy in some instances. I mean, if you're going to push that far, you know, you might as well be a universalist. I think we talked about it before, but, you know, or, you know, then, you know, Mormonism and Jehovah's Witness, all of them, oh, yeah, they're all good. Let's get together with them. And if they push the right social issues, because that's really what that's about, I would imagine coming from that that, that person is, you know, oh, well, let's get together on these social issues and then we don't really have to worry about Mm -hmm. doctrine. And so if you're pushing the right thing, hey, you're you're in the club. Yep. It, it really goes to show that the new doctrine, the new religion, is those. That is what the new doctrine in religion is: that social issue yes, or right. or uh, this activism. Right, and it's not really concerning right. with uh, the things of God. Yep, that's not to say that we shouldn't be involved uh, and partakers in the culture. Um, you know, I think. As a Christian, you need to bring your faith into every aspect of life, but that does not mean that that's what it means to be a Christian, to advocate for this or that. What it means to be a Christian is to be a subject of the king. Correct. Correct. Yeah.
0: Well, why don't we read um, these verses, verses 21 to 28, Taylor, if you don't mind, and then we'll, uh, we'll start in on that, and I'm sure Doug will pick up on that for the rest of the week. All right. When they had preached the gospel to the city and had made many disciples, they returned
1: to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith, and saying that through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. And when they had appointed elders for them in every church, with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. When they passed through Pisidia and came to Pamphylia, and when they had spoken the word in Perga, they went down to Atalia, and from there they sailed to Antioch, where they had been commended to the grace of God for the work that they had fulfilled. And when they arrived and gathered the church together, they, they declared all that God had done with them, and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles and they remain no little time with the
0: disciples. Mm-hmm. Thanks. So this this section of verses kind of wraps up their their first missionary journey, and as Doug put it in that last verse there, are those last couple of verses, they come back and they hold the first missions conference, mm-hmm. right, where they're reporting back to the church. Um, but the three final marks that, that I know Doug wanted to point out of finishing faithful are found in these verses um, and those three things are they they followed up with Jesus sheep right that's one we'll get into these they they ministered by his grace and they witnessed and gave witness to God's mighty works okay so they followed up with his sheep they ministered by his grace, and they witnessed to his mighty works, which, again, are, are things that can mark our, should mark our, our journey as well. But it's interesting that when they, when they leave Derby, and by the way, I think there's only one verse talking about what they did in Derby. Um, it just says, When they had preached the gospel to that city and had made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and to Iconium, into Antioch, so they retraced their steps back through the cities that they had already been in, and and as a reminder, they're retracing their steps through these cities where they endured some pretty heavy duty persecution. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't, I didn't really talk about this today, and I'm sure Doug has talked about it in the past. But remember um, when they were in um, Lystra, and and the people wanted to make them gods, and they restrained the people by telling them to give glory to God. Then it says, but Jews came from Antioch and Iconium and persuaded the crowds and they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city. But when the disciples gathered about him and they supposed he was dead, when the disciples gathered about him, he rose up and entered the city and on the next day went with Barnabas to Derbe. You talk about toughness, right? So the guy gets up after being stoned, goes back into the city where the people were stoning him, where the people who were stoning him were. And then he walks 40 miles to Derby. So they were willing to retrace their steps back through in order to disciple God's people, right? And, and one of the points Doug made is, you know, again, we don't make believers. God does. We're called to make disciples. And, and a big part of making disciples is teaching, teaching them how to live as a believer, right? Teaching them biblical ethics teaching them one of the big things they had to teach them about. And think about this is a pagan culture that didn't have, doesn't have the resources that we have today, the books and the Mm -hmm. teaching and the online and everything that we have. But think about that. Their culture was totally pagan, idolatrous. And all of a sudden they had to hear about being faithful to one person in marriage, right? Not just running around doing whatever you want. They had to learn new theology. They had to learn being part of a new community. Um, most importantly, I think they had to learn that, it, that we're saved through Christ alone, right? It's That the Bible teaches we're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, plus Christ alone. And they had to combat that heresy that we would add anything to that. So I'm going to leave it there. Doug will pick that up, and I'll let you close out. but great to be here today yeah thanks for coming in great
1: to have you back in uh today you've been listening to SWAT radio if you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs please visit us at www.swatradio.com that's www.swatradio.com or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT radio you can also download our SWAT app in the app store join us weekdays at three o'clock for more we will see you then thanks for tuning in hope you have a great day